You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured at CanadiansConnection.fm brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. Of course, don't forget, uh, we are here on Rocket Sports Radio, produced by Rocket Sports Media and a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, My name is Amy Johnson. I'm going to be your host for today's show, once again, sitting in for Michael Spinella, um, very happy to be here for episode 259 of the Canadians Connection podcast. And of course, I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, who happens to be the editor-in-chief, founder and president of Rocket Sports, and also the site editor for the Hockey News Montreal team site. That's the one and only Mick. Mr. Rick Stevens, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Welcome back to the hosting chair. Thank you. And welcome back to um, to any of our listeners who maybe have uh, taken a break over the summer from the Montreal Canadiens, but it's September. This is our first show of September, the Labor Day weekend, um, and uh, we're happy to have all of our listeners. We had a terrific summer, terrific uh, number of episodes over the summer. Um, downloads were uh, through the roof. And mm-hmm. um, so if you've missed any of our content, make sure you go back at uh, CanadiansConnection.fm to uh, hear any of the back issues. Um, and yeah, have you missed uh, Have you missed something since we've been gone? Did you say the Hockey News? Yes, we're affiliated with the Hockey News. We're affiliated with the Hockey Podcast Network. What hasn't changed is um, we're the source you can trust. And we've been doing that for about 15 years, the inside link to the Montreal Canadiens. Absolutely. And uh, be sure to bookmark THN.com slash Montreal. That is the new home of all of our content here at Rocket Sports. Uh, you may be familiar with going to THN.com if you just visit the hockey news in general, but now you just add that special Special part on the end of it, THN.com slash Montreal, and that will take you to the Hockey News' Montreal Canadiens team site. Uh, Again, that is uh, run by Rick and uh, contributions from all of uh, us here on the Rocket Sports team. So be sure you bookmark that before the season begins. It's going to be one place for all of our coverage, whether it's uh, Canadians, whether it's Laval, whether it's prospects. It's all going to be there in one place. 
Uh, we're going to have a fun show today. Uh, lots to talk about. You know, it's it's even though there were slow parts of the end of the summer in terms of hockey news, there was always plenty to talk about, Rick. Um, and and that has um, continued for this week. We're going to have a fun show. Great show to talk about. Uh, lots of stuff to talk about today. The clue is in the title. We have yeah. um, the title of this episode, episode 259, is Sparks Fly, Skill or Stats? Sparks, mm. hmm. Who's throwing down? <laughs> Who is throwing down? We're uh-huh. going to find out. Uh, first, we're going to take you through some Montreal Canadiens-related news and updates, prospect updates, um, and actually, our, we've got a lot of, of hockey in general news not that's not necessarily even uh canadian specific but we've got some have some some really interesting news and notes to touch on before we get to our second segment our big topic this week is prospect evaluation winning versus raw talent and we are going to uh the canadians put out their their team team produced um behind the scenes look at the decisions the, basically the, the decision making process that went into things before the draft this summer uh and so we're going to kind of uh t- walk you through that video and translate it kind of into did you catch everything that was there uh you know we know that this is something that the team produces um and puts out it's 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 always fascinating to get that look behind the curtain uh as as they say and we're going to we're going to take you through a, a bunch of clips from from that um, and discuss and analyze and, and try to kind of read between the lines and really deduce what went into the decision-making process to take guys like David Reinbacher and to take a goaltender like Jacob Fowler and, and, and guys like that. So I think it's going to be a pretty fascinating second segment. We're going to wrap things up then in our third segment. We're going to hear from... From you, we have uh, a new team member here at Rocket Sports that we're going to uh, welcome aboard, as well as bringing you your Canadians Connection question of the week. We're going to hear your responses to uh, last week's show and last week's question of the week. Uh, If you want to start thinking about it uh, right now, uh, we're going to we're going to ask you how confident you're feeling in, in Montreal's front office heading into this into this season. Uh, that's something for you to begin pondering and be sure to leave us a comment uh, and uh, you might hear your answer on next week's show. Um, so how do you do that? Well, the best way uh, is to give us a text anytime on the Rocket Sports text line. You can do that 24-7. Uh, 585-3-ROCKET is the number to text. 585-3-ROCKET. Uh, and of course, you can also leave us a comment on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram if you are following us at Habs Connection on those three platforms. And as Rick had mentioned, in case you missed any of our summer episodes, be sure to visit our website at canadiansconnection.fm and check out the archive. Um, before we get into, into hockey news, Rick, I thought we'd just take a moment to acknowledge a very happy birthday for a very special guy uh, that came and went this past week. Uh, Jean Beliveau's birthday was August 31st, born all the way back in 1931. He would have been 92 years old um, and uh, fondly remembered, of course, in all of Montreal. Absolutely. Um, So happy birthday to Jean Beliveau. uh, And moving on to roster news, 
uh, went a little bit under the radar, caused a little bit of stir on social media this week. Uh, cat friendly, cat friendly transactions is a tremendous Twitter account to follow because they are the first ones to report any transactions that take place around the hockey world. And so Habs fans really kind of sat up and had big question marks over their heads when they saw that the Canadians had uh, that David Reinbacher had been loaned to the Montreal Canadiens. Um, and this is basically uh, they've recalled him back to Montreal from uh, the Swiss League. And uh, there's a very good reason for them to do that, Rick. Yeah, it's so he can be available for a training camp. It's, it's not suggesting that uh, he's going to be with the Canadians all year. Um, he's um, he's going to be available, though, for uh, the training camp. And he can be. And rookie camp. And rookie camp. And then and then could could be and likely will be loaned back to uh, Switzerland uh, after after those camps are finished. Speaking of camps, the annual BioSteel NHL camp took place this past week. And uh, Rick, there's a couple of uh, couple familiar familiar faces in attendance. Uh, I saw this is the BioSteel um, camp that runs uh, every summer in Halifax. BioSteel is the official um, hydration product for the NHL. Um, and they have a, a camp where they, they invite 30-odd mm, players. Uh, the, the headline was Connor to Connor. Mm-hmm. Um, McDavid to uh, Bedard, uh, and and that was the the bigger news, I, I suppose, but not for Canadians fans because Lane Hudson uh, was uh, at the camp, Justin Barron was at the camp, uh, and interesting. And and on his Instagram, Lane Hudson has uh, a few pictures. Uh, said it was a fun week in Halifax, and why wouldn't it be a fun week when Lane Hudson is paired with Kale McCarr? Uh, what a pair on defense back there. So lots of fun in Halifax this week. Well, and hopefully he picked up a couple of hot tips from Cal Carr too. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, A report from uh, the fine folks over at La Poche Bleu uh, that Jake Allen, we know that when all of these, uh, there was a flurry of, of trades earlier in the month and so forth, um, we know that reports were put out that Sam Montembeau was contacted by the Canadians to say, don't worry, you're not going anywhere. We know that Casey DeSmith was contacted to say, we don't know yet. It's possible you might be moving on again. Um, so kind of. And we won't bury you in Laval. Right. And we won't bury you in Laval. Well, now Jake Allen has also received allegedly has uh, and reportedly has received uh, a contact of his own from the Canadians front office. Yeah, this comes from Raphael Doucette and uh, our good friend and and does a great job for La Poche Bleu. Um, And he said that uh, Jake Allen was told that he's not going to be traded. Uh, We know there's uh, a three-headed monster of sorts with the Smith, with Montembeau, with Allen, um, and uh, Jake Allen is told that uh, he's not going to be traded, uh, comes from an inside source, uh, that uh, he will be kept. And the reason is um, that he, you know, for to, to have a, a veteran goaltender, um, that he has uh, value on the ice. He also has a lot of value uh, in the locker room as uh, Sam Montembeau's uh, mentor. Um, so that is kind of pointing to the fact that Casey DeSmith uh, will be moved. Uh, there was some reports that uh, there was trades um, kind of uh, pending and, and those fell through. 
Um, and why would you keep um, uh, Allen rather than Casey DeSmither? Casey DeSmith is a year younger than Allen, uh, but he has a whole lot less experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, DeSmith, 134 NHL games. Allen's 395 NHL games. And uh, Sam Montembeau with 103 NHL games. So um, I think that the the hope is that that's going to be resolved uh, by uh, opening night. Uh, you know, you wouldn't want to see three three goaltenders uh, taking up roster spots uh, on that limited uh, roster for opening night. So no. we'll see what happens over the next few weeks and uh, certainly let you know. Let's turn now to the Habs Prospect Report. It's time for the Rocket Report. The Rocket Sports Media team is your premier source for information about the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens, as well as Habs prospects playing in the CHL, NCAA, and leagues around the world. Bookmark THN.com slash Montreal to follow our comprehensive coverage of Canadians' prospects. Uh, The 13th annual NHLPA Rookie Showcase uh, has been announced. It's going to take place on September 5th at the MedStar Capitals Iceplex in Arlington, Virginia, uh, probably better known as the Capitals Practice Facility. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, it's the NHLPA. They they have this uh, every year, the 13th annual, uh, and it's co-hosted by Upper Deck, um, and they showcase, uh, according to the press release, the hockey's brightest young talent happens every year just ahead of rookie camps um, to showcase the rookies for the Montreal Canadiens. Um, and side note, they are the only team. Uh, well, there are two teams. The Canadians and the Columbus, Columbus Blue Jackets each have uh, three prospects that will be appearing at the rookie showcase for the Canadians. It will be Owen Beck. Sean Farrell and Philippe Machar. Um, oh. So this this will be fun uh, to get uh, some footage of them just ahead of the rookie camp. Absolutely. Uh, and just as a reminder, again, if you want to follow all of our Laval Rocket and Habs prospect coverage this coming season, the place to do it is THN.com slash Montreal. Um, now moving on to, to news and notes from around hockey in general or around the NHL and beyond. Um, and there's a number of really interesting stories in, in this, in this section this week. Um, first of all, the Canadians connection podcasts in the news <laughs> made news <laughs> indeed it stirring did. things up, <laughs> uh, for sure. Um, last weekend, if you are with us, um, last week it was, Canadians Connection episode uh, 258, and that was uh, that the Canadians' young uh, prospects, the rebuild, was going to reignite uh, the rivalry that exists between the Maple Leafs and the Montreal Canadiens. And we had uh, with us as our special guest, Michael Trakos, longtime uh, Toronto journalist covering the Leafs. Um, and, um, he responded to one of, um, our listener questions who asked about what it would cost to obtain William Nylander from the Toronto Maple Leafs. And Michael Traco said, uh, listen, you're going to have to give up a good player, uh, one of your better players. Uh, and he threw out the name Cole Caulfield. Wow. Uh, Don LaCalice, uh, <laughs> the folks there said, what, <laughs> what is and uh, they wrote an article, a very, a very good article. Uh, Medrick Lefebvre is the author, um, put that out and uh, was listening to the podcast and said, uh, Canadians fans, what do you think of this? Um, 
would you give up Cole Caulfield to, uh, to obtain William Nylander? And I think the comments, for the most part, are were uh, no. no. <laughs> a, a very strong, emphatic no. It's uh, it was it was very fun and uh, great to see uh, great to see that there are uh, there are other media folks in Montreal who are listening to this podcast as well. So we thank them for the shout out and uh, glad to glad to glad to stir the pot a little bit. It's mm. pretty fun. Um, speaking of other members of the French press in Montreal, La Presse has, um, as you put it, Rick, uh, when we were talking prior to the show, uh, kind of an under the radar, uh, story about, uh, Pierre Carl Pelado, uh, made a radio appearance in, on, on Quebec radio, uh, this, this week, uh, and offered quite a, um, Quite an emphatic opinion about any new news regarding the return of the Quebec Nordique. This, yeah, as as we said, underreported story, I think, um, because uh, everyone knows Pierre Carl Pelado, the C- CEO of Quebec or Quebec or owning the um, Quebec media companies, including TVS4. Um, and he was on 95, um, 90, 98.5 FM in Montreal and said, essentially said, uh, the dream of, uh, returning the Nordique, uh, to the NHL is over. Um, and, and this is the guy who has been spearheading, spearheading the effort. This is the guy who's been, uh, pushing it for so many years. This is the guy who actually positioned TV Aspor in in um, in taking on the NHL contract for so many years for such a huge price, um, in the hopes I- I- that uh, the Nordique uh, would return, uh, and he said, uh, "quote We mustn't tell fairy tales." Um, in terms of the NHL management, there doesn't seem to be any enthusiasm about the Nordique returning. Um, and then goes on to say, you know, you know, maybe we we paid too much for the rights, the broadcast rights, uh, but that's all hindsight because we had um, a bigger focus in mind, and that was returning um, the, the the Quebec Nordique uh, to Quebec City and to the NHL. Um, and and he went on to say, you know, it's been 28 years. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche are starting their 28th year in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, so it, just to indicate how long it's been mm-hmm. and referred to um, when Gary Bettman and Bill Daly sat down uh, for their state of, of the NHL kind of press conference at the start of the Stanley cup finals. Um, they were musing about um, expansion and, and throughout names like Kansas city and Salt Lake city and Houston, Atlanta, um, and, uh, Quebec city wasn't mentioned in, until a reporter, um, you know, brought them there, but, um, a big story. Um, Pierre Carl Pelado saying, uh, I, th- I think, I think the dream is over. Much to the chagrin of many and, and others, maybe not so much of a surprise, but definitely newsworthy. I love this next this next piece of news, the IIHF uh, came out with three new rules for the Champions Hockey League for the 23-24 season. And boy. Shake things up. Shaking things up. All has to do with penalties, penalty killing, power play. 
First and foremost, minor penalties are now going to be dealt the same as major dealt with the same as major penalties. What does that mean? A team that incurs a minor penalty will remain shorthanded for the entirety of that penalty, even if the opposing team scores a goal. So in mm. layman's terms, you're on the penalty kill, your opposition scores a power play goal, your penalty kill continues until the full two minutes is up. So the no more two minutes or less, uh, it's a full two minutes. No. And I like it. I like it. And I will explain more as to why when we get through these a little bit. But All right. I like this. Um, I think that's, you know, if you, if I understand that, well, no, I mean, like, okay, I'm going to wait. I'm gonna Go ahead. getting Go ahead. ahead of myself. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm going to, I'm going to explain myself when, once we get through these. Next is about delayed penalties. And this is yes, 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 yes. Please bring this to the NHL. This is something, uh, Rick, you and I have even bantered about this years ago. Um, that let's say a team is, you know, arm goes up, there's going to be a penalty. So the team that's about to get a power play goes, goes, you know, pulls a goaltender, pulls a goaltender, goes with the extra attacker and they score a goal on the delayed penalty. And how it is currently is then, okay, you've scored your quote unquote power play goal and, and they don't have to kill off their penalty. Well, not the penalty, not the case anymore. The minor penalty will be served even if a goal is scored while the delayed penalty is pending. And just a reminder, this is I, I, double IHF <laughs> Champions League. It's not coming to the NHL or North America anytime I soon. I want it. <laughs> Bring it. And so this brings us to the third rule change. This is like, now we are just, now we're, now, now we're, we're getting somewhere. Now yeah. we're getting somewhere. <laughs> so you're killing a penalty. You're the team that's killing a penalty and you manage to score a shorthanded goal that ends your minor penalty now let's so you take all these all three of these things together so you're killing a penalty a two-minute minor penalty you have to serve that entire two-minute penalty no matter how many times the opposition scores on their power play. So let's say it's a two minute penalty and they've already put three bucks in the net because your PK is not up to par. The only way that you can stop that barrage and get that penalty to be less than two minutes is if your penalty killers score shorthanded. Like talk about an exciting power play. That's going to turn out to be. Paul Byron is sitting at home saying, yes, where was this when I was in the league? <laughs> I love, I mean, like that to me is like the injection of energy and excitement and tension into, into a power play situation that bringing three on three play into overtime has done for, for overtime during the regular season. Like I will be, I think, I think it's interesting. It's definitely thinking outside the box. The the first rule, we should say that the first rule um, that that you will remain shorthanded no matter how many power play goals are scored. That used to be the rule in the NHL. That was the rule that you had to sit for two minutes. And they change. And I, I I I won't trust my memory to to remember when that happened or why it happened. It it was 
some team, maybe the Oilers filling um, the net with power play goals. Uh, but that used to be the rule, and it was changed. And why not? I mean, if it's a penalty, then you should have to serve the two-minute penalty. And if they score multiple goals on you, well, that's your own fault. Like, that's the penalty, right? Fascinated to see how this works <laughs> out. But until we're talking about the removal of the trapezoid rule, um, that's my number one I know. pet peeve. I know. I know. Well, and the puck over the glass. Yeah. In the defensive zone. I don't yeah. know. Moving along. Um, did you think you were done hearing from Dom Ducharme? <laughs> because Tony Doesn't Merrick, he have a job? Uh, he does. He's now the assistant coach for the Vegas Golden Knights. Okay. Uh, and he was on Tony Marinero's program this week um, and, and defended his coaching tenure in Montreal a bit. You know, we know that he's been... Heavily criticized about um, and and blamed for Cole Caulfield's lack of production uh, during that during that season. Um, and but he says, you know, Caulfield was just on the verge of breaking out. And, and he said it's a big coincidence. <laughs> it, it was incredible coincidence. It had nothing to do with him. He wasn't holding Caulfield back. It related to. Um, not enough time in the summer and and uh, falling during um, you know a pregame warm up and, and on and on and, and brought COVID in there and and all of that. He said, um, yeah, if he he his last game with the Canadians, he saw a spark in in Caulfield and he knew he was just about to break out oh. uh, and then got fired. So unfortunately, um, <laughs> yes. Um, and he would have liked to have bring, brought more fun to the arena. Because, you know, that's, you know, Marty St. Louis, he's so fun. Yeah. I, and somebody's obviously not liking that that the fun moniker has been put on Marty St. Louis. Yeah, he said, I, you know, he would have liked to have been more fun, um, you know, implied just like Marty. Uh, but it was the players, those darn players that wanted yeah. to win. They didn't want any fun. <laughs> um, so anyway, it was a, oh, a little dumb. amusing. Good, good luck to him. Good luck to him Vegas. in Vegas. Yeah, no, um, absolutely. And and I think it's I think it's a better situation for him to to get some assistant coaching experience at the NHL level um, before he tries the head coaching role again. Um, we talked about confidence a little bit. We I I mentioned the word confidence in the question of the week, um, and the Athletic has uh, another set of rankings out. This time, it's their 2023 NHL front office confidence rankings. So basically asking the fan base of each team as well as league-wide fans in general how confident each of those groups are in the front offices of each NHL franchise uh, going into this season you know, measuring things like development and drafting ability and, and cap management and um, trades and, and those kinds of things. Probably not super surprised that the New Jersey Devils ranking has shot way up to the top of the list uh, from where they were last year. Uh, New Jersey has, has made a lot of really positive moves, um, and I think I think they're getting a very – from a fan perspective, both locally and, and league-wide, I think they're getting a very um, positive aura around them a bit. 
Um, interestingly enough, Dallas also had a had a big improvement in in confidence rankings as well as the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, the Avalanche have dropped, which I thought was a couple places, yeah. Which I thought was weird. Um, but um where did Montreal fall in this, Rick? So, you know, I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to surveys. I used to do surveys, I used to create surveys, and so uh, before we get to the the results, can we talk about the methodology? I know that's a terrible word because it sounds you boring are a already. Math. You're a it math sounds nerd. boring already, doesn't it? You're a numbers nerd. So just to, to um, reinforce what you said, uh, that the survey they that the athletic puts out asks for your uh, for uh, for you to identify a team that you um, you follow and and that you cheer for. And rank your team, rank your favorite team um, on on your confidence in various levels. And also, um, they invite you to uh, rank all the other teams. Um, so there was 11,000 responses uh, from fans who, who graded their favorite team this year. Uh, there were 300 fans who voted for every team. Okay. That's a huge difference. Mm-hmm. So a little less confidence in in the rankings overall, the public rankings as they call them, rather than than the ones from the fan base. Coupled with maybe people didn't want to spend the time to rank thirty one. No, other well, for teams sure. To, yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um and and another point that I'll just make is last year. Uh, there was eighteen in twenty twenty two that the confidence rankings, as I said, they've done these every year. Um, there was 18,000, uh, responses to, uh, from, from fans about their favorite team. That's down 30%. Yeah. That's significant. Yeah. Um, and last year they had 650 hockey fans who rated all the teams. So they're down like 50%. 50% this year. So that, keep those in mind, uh, when you, when we talk about, the changes um, to the rankings, and and you mentioned some of the the Vegas one is hilarious for me, um, <laughs> because in twenty twenty one, the confidence rankings they were twelfth, so middle of the pack sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Prior, just it was released just prior to uh, the season last year, in twenty twenty two, and they were thirty first. Their fans had zero confidence in them. Uh, their their ratings of, on each level and and you know it's on roster building cap management drafting developing trading free agency they were getting d minuses uh, for everything from their fan base um, so they rank thirty first and then they go and win the Stanley Cup <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what you know uh, and so and so now. Yeah, so their confidence rankings are back. Like, oh well, they won the cup. Great. Yeah. So now they're 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 up. Uh, what did you say? They're sixth, sixth, I think, this year. Something like Jumped, that. Jumped uh, jumping from thirty first to to sixth. So all the fans are back on board again. Uh, but that's that just shows you how how volatile these rankings are. <laughs> how how they may you know. Let's take them with a grain of salt, okay? For sure. Um, now. To your question, sorry, that was long-winded, uh, a long way around to get to where we are. How did Montreal do? Middle of the pack, 14th uh, overall in terms of confidence. Um, and 
and um, that's 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 probably um, because Canadians fans are very optimistic. They're 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 very supportive of Jeff Corton and Kent Hughes and Marty St. Louis. Uh, they're very supportive of this rebuild and two years into the rebuild. Their their expectations are low and they're pretty pretty happy so far. From the outside, it's a whole different story. Um, the the NHL fan base is not as impressed. Um, and I mean, you had a team that finished last uh, and then last year uh, finished in, in 28th. So um, uh, there, there's a real disparity in each of these categories between optimistic Montreal Can- Canadiens fans and, um, and you know, the, the fans in the NHL who are saying, yeah, I haven't seen much yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a slight improvement over last year, correct? A slight improvement. Um, and 16th last year, I think. They were 16th last year, 14th this year. Interestingly enough, that overall, for the Canadians fans, their ranking stayed the same. Had them at 8th. Hmm. Um, it was the movement came from the public. The public has more uh, has, has much more uh, confidence in the Canadians' management this year than they did last year. And that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Um, it's moving in the right direction. Right. So this year they're at seven. The public is is 17th. The public overall gave the Canadians a C plus. That's up from last year. Uh, the Canadians fans um, at B plus exactly the same uh, last year. Hmm. So let's look at these individual ratings. Um, as far as roster building, um, the Canadians fans gave uh, the t- the front office a B, exactly the same as last year. Um, the outside fans gave it a C. Okay. Uh, cap management. Uh, this is this is a jump. Last year it was a B. Uh, this has gone up uh, to an A minus, uh, and I think that just reflects Kent Hughes's ability mm-hmm. uh, to attack the cap, which was there was major cap problems. Um, that, from the Bergevin era. From the Bergevin era. Um, drafting and development. <clears throat> this is the lowest grade um, that the Canadians, uh, are re- from Canadians fans, and it's a B minus, uh, and that's the same. That's the same as uh, the public, mm-hmm. uh, and that comes from you know, the controversy with taking Yaroslavkovsky uh, first overall and David Ryanbacker fifth. Um, earlier this this uh, this year, trading um, it was a B plus for Can- from Canadians fans last year up to an A minus. They like the trades that uh, have been made. Free agency really not much has been done there. No, uh, that that stayed the same. Vision at um, at a B plus that's down. Uh, last year, uh, the Canadians fans gave uh, management an A minus. Uh, that's dropped uh, hmm. to a B plus. As I said, overall, same ranking as um, as Canadians fans gave the front office last year. Improvement comes from uh, the uh, the public. They're seeing that something's happening there. And so that is uh, why our Canadians Connection question of the week this week is: What's your confidence level in and confidence ranking in the Montreal Canadiens front office? Heading into this season, are you are you feeling more confident in them? Are you feeling less confident? Are you kind of 
run of the mill feeling the same as you did last year? And and are you satisfied? Let us know. Be sure to send us a text at 5853-ROCKET or drop us a comment on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. And I'll just add, if you if you have a little more to say, yeah. uh, I'm confident in their cap management, not so confident in the drafting, yeah. confident in development, not so much in that we want to hear that too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Show your way. I'll use one work. of your math nerd <laughs> phrases and say, show your work. Yeah. Show your work. All right. We are going to take our first break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Uh, as we said, let us know your response to the question of the week uh, while you listen to this message from DraftKings. Be sure to leave your comments at Rocket Sports on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Uh, and coming up next in our big topic segment, prospect evaluation, winning versus raw talent. We're going to take a closer look at some of the disagreements and some of the information that was released in the Canadians behind the scenes uh video that was released this week regarding the decision-making in the days leading up to this year's draft. You are not going to want to miss this conversation. Uh, it's going to be a fun one. And uh, so check out this uh, this advertisement from our sponsors over DraftKings and stay with us because this is the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. College football fans, are you ready for week one? DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking you up with a can't-miss offer to start the season strong. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on college football and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Now, anything can happen in college football. Your team could go from unranked to dynasty mode in just a couple of years. Change comes fast. The only thing that's really a lock is the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. You know, life's more fun when you're in on the action. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on college football. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, KS, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.co slash football for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. And welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. My name is Amy Johnson. Uh, you can find me on Twitter if you'd like to follow me there. Uh, at Flyers Rule is my handle. And with me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Mr. Rick Stevens. He's also the site editor for THN.com slash Montreal. Uh, be sure to follow him on Twitter as well, at Rocket Sports. And you can also follow this podcast at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can visit our website at canadiansconnection.fm. Most importantly, however, no matter how you are choosing to listen to this podcast, whether it's on your favorite podcast app 
whether it's at CanadiansConnection.fm or maybe you are listening and watching on YouTube, no matter where you are, just remember to hit that subscribe button. We don't ever want you to miss an episode of the Canadians Connection podcast. All right, so in this segment, we are going to take a deep dive and anal- and analyze the behind-the-scenes video that the Montreal Canadiens released this week, giving you a peek behind the curtain of the decision-making process uh, that went on with the front office and the scouts uh, in the days leading up to the NHL draft that was held in Nashville uh, back in June. Um Kind of a, you know, just as just as Rick wanted to take a moment in the first segment to kind of give you the X's and O's about surveys and things to keep in mind. Uh, for me, as someone who has worked professionally, both as a video producer uh, and has worked professionally for news organizations, uh, and there's a very, as a producer for a news organization, there's a very different... Um, approach to each of those types of video production. Uh, I just want to take a moment to remind everyone that um, these videos that are put out by the Canadians or any sports franchise or or privately held company um, should not be taken as if they're a documentary. It's not it's not the same as a news organization producing an objective, unbiased documentary. Um, Team team produced and team sponsored multimedia content is always going to have a team friendly spin on it. And that's perfectly fine. I mean, they're putting these things out as entertainment for the fans. Fans love to get that behind the scenes look and really feel what it's like, uh, you know, working all of these things out, not just what is happening in, on the public facing product. So they're very entertaining. They're a lot of fun. But they can also be very informative if you can dissect them in kind of an analytical way and and take away, uh, you know, the just kind of the the pump it up kind of aspect of it. And that's really what our goal is as journalists for you uh, today when we do these types of segments is that we're trying to kind of give you our own behind the scenes look at how we analyze productions like this to retrieve and pull out of it the key information, whether it's reading between the lines or understanding the dynamics of what's being presented, uh, to translate that into, okay, so how can that further educate us in in analyzing what the team does? And I think that just to... to piggyback on that you know some people have called this marketing some people have called this propaganda Uh, i think behind the scenes is a bit of a misnomer because you can look here the canadians are saying you can look here in fact we want you to look here Mm -hmm. but you can't look over there Uh, so (laughs) it's not a behind the scenes look they're showing fans what the montreal canadians want you to see right um and this is this is um as a way to maybe justify their decisions and maybe as a way to answer criticism that they've received mm-hmm. since uh, the, the the June draft choice. They've taken a long time and in fact, m- much more time than any other team in putting out this, this video. Uh, this was carefully, carefully done. Um, but, you know, I think that, that it's important to uh, not deal with this uh, video in isolation because it is it is what they want us to see, but also to connect 
anything that we find in there as we dissect it with with we we had draft specials with with scouts with experts connect it to what those uh people were saying uh and also uh connect it to things that the canadians have said in the past uh to give you a, a complete picture and and to fully give you the context absolutely um and and these are you know for us it's it's a fun exercise because it's okay you know what it's it's being able to to tap into the 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 mindset of, of what's being said and how decisions are made. And, and it can be a lot of fun. Uh, plus some of the quotes are just really, really amazing, you know, when you, and, and, and we're going to play some of those for you. Uh, so the Canadians released this video on August 31st, as you said, Rick, I mean, it's, it took them two months to put this out. I mean, the draft was at the end of June. Um, so it took them a long time to put together, um, what ended up being, either an 11 minute or seven, Seven, 17 17 minute, 17 minute, um, production, uh, which is a long time, which I'm sure they had a ton of footage to go through, but they were obviously very careful about how they put this together. Things start to kick off the first part of the pro of, of the production, uh, with the combine. So beginning of June, June 4th is when the NHL combine was held this year in Buffalo, New York. Of course, it's a combination of, prospects going through each uh station of physical testing and then teams get 20 minutes to interview uh each prospect that they want to speak with in private um and and that's really the sum total of what the combine is is set to do the interviews and the physical testing that's right teams have have gathered information over the course of the year uh, from video um, looks at at the prospects as well as in person viewing, uh, but this is uh, the the combine offers the the last look, the last chance to to gain uh, and gather information before uh, the teams are making the decision. Uh, it's been held in Buffalo the last few years, the beginning of June. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great facility, both the practice facility um, and the Key Bank Center, uh, which is the Buffalo Sabers uh, arena. Um, and these these uh, interview uh, locations, uh, just to describe what you're seeing in the video, um, team each team is given 20 minutes with the prospects that they identify that they'd like to interview, and it's set up right in the arena, in the Key Bank Center, in the luxury box section. Uh, so it's the Canadians have one of the luxury boxes. They've put a table in there, um, and at the table, for the most part, you see. Uh, Marty Lapointe, Nick Bobrov, and Billy Ryan. I'm going to mention Billy Ryan. He is he. This is his first draft with the Montreal Canadiens. Um, as we we said on the podcast, he he just appeared on the website five minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, he is the director of player evaluation uh, and a scout in in uh, the U.S. Uh, for the the Canadians. He those three are at a table with the prospect, whoever it is. And then there's various people uh, in the back, you know, in a, in a luxury box. Uh, there's usually a kind of a counter and stools that you can look over and, and see the ice surface. Well, that's cur- the ice surface has been curtained off. And in, most, in, in some of the um, videos with the prospects, you see uh, Kent Hughes is there. Certainly for, um, you know, the fifth overall pick, you have Hughes, you have Gorton, you have uh, John Sedgwick. Um, and as well... Um, there is the analytics people and, uh, and Dr. David Scott, the, the 
the team uh, psychologist, um, a sports psychologist. Um, so it, it can be intimidating mm-hmm. for the prospect sitting facing all of these people, especially the ones leering over the top. And then there's a camera there to capture everything uh, in this very small space. Nothing like a good high pressure situation to test the nerves. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the first the first real interview that they give you an inside peek of uh, is the one that they did with goaltender Jacob Fowler, who they did end up t- selecting in in uh, in the third round. Um, and Jacob Fowler had a couple of of we, we know from when he got drafted on draft night that we we said at that point he's going to be a quote machine. Uh-huh. That's what I said. Yeah. Um, because, you know, he, he had a lot of great quotes just that night alone. Um, and, and that has continued here in the combine as well. Um, first, uh, him answering a question of, you know, they were, they were testing him on, on how well uh, he had studied up on, on forwards around the league and and you know were they a left or right-handed shot what kind of a player are they that type of thing and he was he was able to recall most of that and and he speaks here about just what it means to to have that knowledge uh in your mind all the time of as many players as you can when you're a goaltender i don't think it was ever a study as much as just not even a photo memory just you play against those guys and if you want to stop those guys, you're going to figure out real quick if he's a righty or lefty. If you want to stop the puck, <laughs> so the and and as you said, it was Nick Bobrov that was looking through a list of USHL shooters. He'd name a shooter, say is uh, uh, forward, and say is he a shooter or a passer, and uh, right or left-handed, uh, right or left shot. Um, and Jacob Fowler um, knows that, and and. Um, I, I don't think this should have been a surprise. Um, <laughs> you know, every goaltender at that level, uh, they know. Uh, you, we've we've heard Carey Price, and not to compare Fowler to Price, but um, Carey Price knows. Um, you know, the lie on on the stick of and where where they like to hold the puck and where they like to release the puck mm-hmm. uh, and where their hands are on the stick and all of those are clues to to stopping the puck. Jacob Fowler, uh, he's very charismatic. Um, he's he, you know, we heard his quote. He likes the big stage, um, and he said quite bluntly, um, you know, if you want to stop the puck, uh, you're going to know this stuff. It it didn't come from me studying shooters um, or, or um, committing things to memory. It's just um, you know, you go through the, a season, you see these guys. You better know that, or you're not going to stop the puck. Now. Probably to me, one of the most outstanding quotes in this entire 17 minute video also did come from Jacob Fowler. Um, and I will, I will give Dr. David Scott, the sports psychologist, uh, credit for asking, asking the question that allowed Jacob Fowler to tap into this, this part of his feelings to to put out which is what is a tremendous quote from him uh the the way dr scott gets there is a little (laughs) it's probably a little frenetic uh he's obviously very passionate about what he does as you'll hear him a little bit uh interjecting in the beginning of 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 this quote but this is this is jacob fowler's answer to and i'm paraphrasing here basically dr scott asking him what makes you tick 
I've been, you know, doubted and yeah, prove people, of course, people yeah. wrong my entire career. Yeah. I sat in my living room in a shirt and tie with my whole family and watched, you know, five or six hours of the entire OHL draft, the yep. entire USHL draft, and to never see your name pop up on that screen is a, it's a pretty crappy feeling. To know that you played the national championship, played the national tournament twice, you won just about every youth championship you could win on you know, North America. To never be talked to or to never see your name pop up is it's terrible. I don't read too much into the you know, different awards, but to win the award of goalie of the year in this league that I was undrafted, nobody wanted me. There were 16 teams and not a single one of them wanted me. I had to go out and prove that every single night that you messed with the wrong guy and Youngstown was just fortunate enough that I ended up in their corner and that feeling sticks with me every day and you know, the last thing I want is any organization to look back and wish they would have taken a chance on me because all I've done is prove people wrong. Phew. Dr. David Scott has been with the Canadians for a long time. Um, he is a sports psychologist um, and he's credited for the Canadians having the most off the wall kind of uh, interviews uh, in the past. <laughs> Um, I, you're right. He elicited uh, the right emotions uh, from Jacob Fowler, and I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but you know, you heard. Uh, we should say it's not our music. That's that's in the the Canadians' video in the background. You're going to get that background music. Uh, but very distracting was uh, David Scott in. Uh, you know, Jacob Fowler just started speaking, and and David Scott went, "Yes, yes." Um, of course. And then he slaps his leg. Oh, yes. Yeah. I can't imagine a clinical psychologist in a, in a counseling session doing that. I've, I've never seen that before. And, and I've, I've been in those situations with professionals, uh, Cal Botterill, one of the best sports psychologists ever. Uh, I'm sure he would have a few things to say about that. All of that aside, uh, Jacob Fowler, what's his, what's his internal motivation he gets very emotional raw he he sat with his family wearing a jacket and tie watching the ohl draft and he was bypassed by every team uh, hoping to go to the ohl ended up in the ushl uh, said that that Youngstown was ha- was you know should be happy to get him in that mood with that chip on his shoulder because uh, then he went on to to uh, be goaltender of the year in the USHL, but obviously he was he was not happy. Um, it it uh, it really fueled uh, a passion within him uh, being overlooked in the the OHL draft. I I was so impressed with this answer. Yes. from him um, because he didn't hold back. You know there were you'll hear. I think that. Jacob Fowler smiles and laughs sometimes when he is nervous or when he is feeling very high emotions because when you watch it, and you could even hear it just in the audio, there are times that he's actually semi-laughing as he's answering what is not a laughable, uh, not a laughing matter. Um, Yeah, but look at his eyes and look at his posture. Um, Right. He's not amused. He's defiant. Yes. He is, and this answer was genuine it was sincere it was heartfelt this came from the very core of Jacob Fowler and this is obviously what has 
been the inspiration of his inner drive ever since that day. Um, you know, he may have had plenty of work ethic and, and drive and motivation prior to that, but this is, to use your word, this is definitely the fuel that is pushing Jacob Fowler. And I was very impressed with how he was able to articulate the devastation of what that day felt like and and the 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 payback that he is that he then went on uh propelling him to goaltender of the year. I just thought it was tremendous response from him. One of the best answers I've ever heard in that kind of situation. And um that experience didn't crush him. No. Uh, which which it can't it could, could for have yeah. a very young player like that. Instead it fueled him. And I thought that was incredible. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. And I I I commend him on on using that experience the right way. Um, David Reinbacher, of course, uh, was was next up uh, in the video as far as his interview. And well, if you'd like another example of how off the wall Dr. David Scott can get with some of his interview questions, well, his question, his this the the hypothetical scenario that he places in front of David Reinbacher to see what he would do in a certain situation, certainly for me was a bit of a head-scratcher. You know the bank machine where you get the money, you put your card in, you get the money? Yeah. Uh, you are waiting in line to go to the machine, okay? Yeah. And there is uh, two uh, little old ladies there in front of you. Yeah. But before the next woman can get there, the guy comes straight in, and right to the machine, just jumps in front of you folks, and goes to the machine. What would you do in that situation? I would say something to the guy. There's respect to every guy or every human. Um, if there's a line, you gotta like respect the line and stay behind the line. Um, especially if they're like older women, they need a little bit longer. So you gotta respect that and help them. So, um, okay. Um, I, I, I like David Reinbacker, the fact that he stayed calm. He did. He said, respect the line and, and that yeah. he would have, he doesn't know what he would have said, but he would have said something. Uh, again, uh, in the video, you see Dr. David Scott, uh, encouraging, you know, letting, um, David Reinbacker know that he's on the right track, which is an odd, 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 mm -hmm. odd counseling, um, technique. And, and these questions what it, what's the purpose of them? And Nick Bobrov said uh, these psychological questions are to determine how uh, a prospect thinks, how they make decisions, and maybe even to cause a little stress in them to to get them to uh, react. Uh, this question, and, and so I understand that. I understand all of that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. This question, um, I, I don't understand. I, you know, usually you're trying to uh, create questions that would give you a, quite a range of, of answers so that you can determine, um, you know, how you want your prospects to, to kind of respond. I don't know how else you would respond to this. Yeah. What are you, what, what, what's what he going to say? Well, I had a high five the guy. Like, yeah. No, or or I, I would have turned away or a hid or, or, or I would have gone in and beaten up the guy. Yeah, like, like what else do you think I, the prospect's going to say? This is kind of a, you know, just a general answer to, to a question like that. I, I didn't, think this was a very good question no and 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 it's unfortunate that that's the really the only lengthy interview question of david reinbacher's we got to see yeah. in this video which again i find is an odd choice um 
Now, <laughs> we do know that uh, the types of questions that the Canadians were asking at this year's combine um, made a made headlines a bit in the days leading up to the draft between the combine and the draft, because word got out about um, what ended up being a controversial question uh, of one of these psychological questions where uh, like, you know, Dr. Scott just presented a a hypothetical situation and asked Reinbacher how he would, um, how he would react in that situation, what he would do in that situation. Well, he also presented Reinbacher, um, with another hypothetical situation that once people found out that this question was asked, it raised a lot of eyebrows, I think. Yeah, it certainly did. Um, and Reinbacker was, uh, Reinbacker related it in um, an interview with, with TSN. And, and here's his quote describing the question. He was asked, um, you spoke to 23 different teams, Reinbacker did, what was the toughest question you had? And Reinbacker said, quote, it's World War II and you're cap- the captain of a boat and you have to bomb an enemy boat, but your teammates are swimming in the ocean. I said, no, I wouldn't do it because I want to save my teammates. I'm like, look, guys, I don't do it because they're my teammates, so I wouldn't kill my teammates. And the team said, you have to do it. It's an order. And I was like, no, I won't do it. So it was kind of not the best thing to talk about. Like, we're we're asking questions about you have to take an order to bomb your teammates. It you have to, yeah, you have to refuse your captain, your coach. You have to go against their order for your teammates. I don't see a, a parallel here necessarily. Um, I, I don't know what it's what it's to prove. Uh, and many uh, jumped to the defense of the Canadians and said, no, 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 no. That wasn't the Montreal Canadiens. That was another, that was one of the other yeah. 23 teams. Um, and then uh, we had Kent Hughes. This was Elliot Friedman talking to Kent Hughes on the floor of the draft. Uh, I'm not sure I would have been able to answer them under the pressure. Um, no, that was, I think one was if you, uh, if you were at, war and you were required to shoot down uh, enemy submarines and that submarine had shot down one of your boats and there were members of your your army in the water and you knew the submarine was there would you shoot the submarine so uh, i know it was the canadians yeah it obviously was the canadians and and yes there's there's the announcements of of the draft there a little hard to hear but we wanted uh, you to hear Kent Hughes's words that yes, he confirmed they were the ones who asked Reinbacker this question. They may have asked that question of, of uh, other uh, prospects. Um, fans were absolutely appalled um, yes. at the time. Um, our texts, our comments were saying this is disgusting. This is absolutely appalling that they would ask uh, a question like this. How do you know that one of these prospects uh, didn't have a you know great grandfather? or a relative uh, that was in World War II, uh, there was no reason to... Um, and, and then you would elicit some emotions that would, would skew kind of the answer. Uh, this at, Even Reinbacker, in his calm way, said this wasn't right. This wasn't uh, something to talk about. Um, or even if it's a prospect who is 
like Reinbacker from a European country or Eastern from Austria? European from, He's from Austria, Austria? <laughs> yes. where there's a little bit of conflict going on in that region of the world right now. I mean, it just is a little read the room. So I'm going to echo the thought. I, we, we didn't get into this uh, and, and read those comments at the time. Um, we were focusing on evaluating the draft, but uh, we wanted to bring that back here. And um, our, our message box was filled mm-hmm. with Canadians fans who rightly so said, um, you know, have different questions, have out-of-the-box questions, but this was, have some uh, common sense as well. This was appalling. Absolutely. And maybe not the, what would you do if some guy cut in front of elderly ladies at the ATM? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a little... Um, in speaking to Elliot Friedman, Kent Hughes had also, conf- uh, he was asked, of course, you know, are you trading that fifth overall pick or not? Um, and <laughs> completely ambiguous, well, 50% chance. <laughs> well, uh, that was uh, big news at the time, yeah. that on the draft floor, just before the draft was to start, Kent Hughes is saying it's 50-50 whether he is going to make the pick at five or whether he's going to trade the pick. And, of course, we know that the Nashville Predators were trying to make a splash in front of their home fans. They wanted to move up in the draft, uh, and they were willing to to part with, so it said, uh, they're one of the top goaltending prospects, not only for Predators, but in the league, uh, Yaroslav Askarov. Um, and, and that was something that, that, uh, the, the team, the, the Canadians team, including Ken Hughes was sitting with, uh, should we take an established, uh, prospect or, or it's not an established prospect, a, a promising prospect, uh, that hasn't established themselves, maybe like a Kirby doc, mm-hmm. um, and, um, and, and give up our, our, uh, fifth overall pick. So that's going to. We wanted to inject that here because that's going to come into play uh, in, in a minute or two. Absolutely. So the video then advances to the end of the month. It's June 26th. It's now two days before the NHL entry draft. And the Canadians are in their final meetings over the course of those couple of days, whittling down their list and making their, their final list for what they're going to take to the draft floor. And Jeff Gordon mentions uh, in a in a in a quote, in a quick quote, um, mentions and reminds viewers of really what the vision is for the Montreal Canadiens uh, when they are selecting players in the draft. I think when we when we look at the draft, uh, you know, we're all about the best player. Who's going to be the best player? Uh, not necessarily today. Uh, we spent a lot of time talking about that, and it's uh, going forward. We're trying to get the best player uh, over the long haul. The best player over the long haul. We heard that a lot when Yuri uh, uh, Slavkovsky was was picked. Uh, that don't look at his stats. It's not the player uh, who is best today at, on on draft day. It's the player who we project is going to be the the best player over the long term. We've heard Ken Hughes say that. Uh, we've heard uh, Marty Lapointe and, and Nick Bobrov say that, uh, and just um, just to outline what the Canadians' draft strategy, their overall draft vision is, uh, Jeff Gordon uh, mentioned that again, picking the player who's going to be the best long term. Um, it then shifted to a a, a strong statement taken candidly from Jeff Gordon kind of it seemed like it was it was 
probably at the beginning of these these last meetings before uh, the draft where he, he's talking about basically kind of checking in with all of the scouts that are assembled there again saying, okay, I'm hearing you say one thing and I want to make sure this is what you're saying. When you pick five, there's, there's only so, so many chances an organization does to get to add talent. It's very hard. You can't do it in free agency anymore, really. You're getting older players and you have to pay them a lot of money, right? You pretty much have to draft or get lucky to get high-end talent now, right? And sometimes you take a chance and so it seems as though this room has said no we don't want to try this chance and i just want to make sure we're making the right decision so some some people i i think it's clear when you take a chance who would you be taking a chance on well um i think the only um logical answer is matt vamichkov and we know that a lot of our listeners uh were really disappointed uh, that Matt gave, Matt gave, Matt Vemichkov wasn't wasn't selected and really wasn't in the conversation uh, of the Montreal Canadiens uh, as they had their deliberations. Um, and some pointed uh, to in the video and said, "Oh, there, there." Uh, Jeff Gordon wanted to take Michkov. No, no, that's not what he's saying. That's a little too simplistic. Um, what he's saying is um, these opportunities don't come around. Very often. And we hope they don't come around very often. Right. We don't want to be at the bottom of the standings. It's very painful for us. It's very painful to go through for our fans uh, two seasons in a row where they're at the in the bottom five. Um, so these chances come around very rarely. Um, and we're not go- we're not going to do this uh, from free agency. Uh, this is the only opportunity is when we're, we're picking at the top of the draft. So uh, I know we're focused on other people, but are you sure? Um, and and uh, Hughes uh, later goes on to say, um, listen, uh, don't misinterpret this. Um, Jeff and I are not pushing any one player. We're not advocating anyone here. Um, we're not pushing any opinion. We're just trying to flesh it out. We're trying to play devil's advocate and making sure we're covering all the bases. So Jeff Gordon is saying, we have this chance, in parentheses, Michkov, are you sure? Before we get d- discussing the other players, are you sure? And I think that's very appropriate for um, management to to raise that issue. He then, he he... He plays this role a number of times in this video, and I'm sure many more times than we were even shown in this production. Uh, but he says now something similar, which uh, the casual viewer might think that he's he's referring to the same subject matter. But upon further inspection, it seems pretty clear that this next clip of his is actually in reference uh, to to a different comparison and decision they're trying to make. When we left the meetings in Montreal, and we, we left those two guys on that line together, and listening to you guys for a few days and then going home, like, I, you know, I'm like, okay, Ryan Becker, just at five, you just have this feeling of what it could be, the upside of it all, right? So I've just been going through my mind. So we should say, if you haven't seen the video, that, um, yes, the audio is blanked, is is silenced at points. 
the Montreal Canadiens can't be talking about a player that may have been on their list but is now been selected by um, another team that's that's called tampering. So all of that's blanked out. But not only um, have they muted the audio, uh, but they have blurred, in some cases, the lips so uh, that, that uh, you can't lip read. But it's pretty clear here um, that he said when we had our meetings in Montreal... That and those those we told you when those um, those happened earlier, um, well ahead of the draft. Um, that at the same level, at the same line, he's not talking about a hockey line. He's talking about uh, lines in a list. Um, on the same level is obviously David Reinbacker and Ryan Leonard. Uh, is is all you can interpret out of this? There's no other player. Um, and, and why is that? Well, um, you know, we can go back to Jeff Gordon talking about, uh, stating very clearly what's missing in the organization. Um, and he said, and here's the blueprint. And this is before last year's, uh, draft, the 2022 draft. He said, we need to get bigger and tougher. They went for size in the 2022 draft to address that, uh, so that we're tougher to play against. Uh, to play against. Um, we need a number one puck-moving defenseman who can man the power play. And we we need a uh, elite starting goaltender. And lastly, we need a, a, a gritty scoring forward. Those were the things that were on uh, when they sat down, analyzed the organization. Those were missing. Uh, those were the things that were missing and they, they were going to have to either address by the draft or uh, some sort of trade uh, or free agency, and, and we heard how difficult that was. Um, at the Combine, we heard um, Ken Hughes, uh, when asked about Ryan Le- Leonard, talk about um, it's rare. Uh, he talked about his experience with him and his knowledge of him, um, um, and um, he knew both his, his family and Will Smith's family. Uh, but also how how a, a gritty scoring uh, forward was important and compared him to Keith or Keith Kachuk, um, uh, Matt Matt Kachuk, yeah. um, and um, that 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 is someone that was they wanted to target and was available in um, in this draft. So coming out of Montreal when they got to to Nashville on on the uh, on their lists, that uh, Reinbacker and Leonard were were even, and then they were going to have a, a discussion about uh, which direction that they should go in. We've told you before from our uh, investigation into this, from scouts, uh, from people that we've had on the podcast, the Canadians were one of the first organizations in on uh, Reinbacker. They were in on him early. They they focused on him early, and. Um, and they didn't waver from that uh, throughout. No, they did not. Um, the The video then shifts to getting some feedback from some of the European scouts, uh, who who all obviously um, I shouldn't say obviously, but who all obviously in this video um, were very high on on Reinbacher and and were making a good push for him. Uh, 
And one of the arguments comes from uh, Krista Rockstrom talking about how difficult it is to find a premier defenseman. I think it's hard to find that asset, like size, right shot, D. I love, I really like him. He's a good player, but I think it'd be easier for everybody, including you guys and the, the staff, to find the bit that, that brings everything. There is a harder thing to find. And going back and looking at all the teams that won the Stanley Cup, they have that premier defenseman. In that short clip, there's a lot in there, and um, uh, some of the, the audio is muted. That's why it's it's a bit choppy. That's that's done uh, by the Canadians, uh, as we we told you. Uh, basically, he's saying, um, "Listen, Leonard is a good is a good player, but we think it's easier for you guys, you scouts, you people uh, to draft it, or or." Um, or trade, or or get by free agency. We think it's easier to get a Matthew Kachuk. We think it's easier to get a type of player like a Ryan Leonard uh, in other ways, that it's much more difficult to get a right-handed uh, defenseman uh, with size, um, and talked about there being a premier, uh, being a, him being a premier uh, defenseman, and every Stanley Cup winning team has had one of those. Um, so a lot to break down there. Um, but is it true that, that, uh, Matthew Kachuk is, is easier to get, uh, a Ryan Leonard is, is easier to get. I don't know. That's something that, uh, Jeff Gordon said they were going to have to draft. Uh, I don't know about that is the other question is, um, is, is Ryan Backer that premier defenseman? And again, we look at Jeff Gordon's list and it's a number one puck-moving defenseman who can man the power play. Um, offense and power play it has not been uh, one of the strengths uh, of, of Rhinebacker. Um, so we're not sure about that either. Um, and, and the other thing that um, Rockstrom goes on to say, and he's referring to this possibility that, that the Canadians might trade the fifth overall pick. And, and we mentioned a scare off a few minutes ago. Um, and Rockstrom says, quote, you can make a trade, but who is the best player? Uh, ask that question. And we think he is special. And that's Reinbacker. He thinks that, that who's going to be the best player in the end, it's going to be Reinbacker, even if you went and got um, um, a, a goaltending prospect like a scare off. After the first round of the draft uh, was completed, and they, of course, did not make a trade and went ahead and selected Reinbacher uh, fifth overall, uh, in the media availability following that, Kent Hughes uh, made himself available. And our own Chris G uh, actually was there uh, in the media room at the time, and he asked Kent Hughes, uh, you're going to hear Chris's question uh, at the beginning of this clip, he asked Kent Hughes... Um, you know, to talk a little bit about the choice not to trade the pick. Uh, hi, Kent. I just wonder what was the clinching factor in uh, making the decision of keeping a pick versus trading it and then uh, selecting uh, David? Well, I mean, there, there were different options in terms of uh, what we could have done from a trade perspective, but I think at the end of the day, our, our scouts believed that this was a hockey player that was going to play for us for an awful long time and, and be on the ice an awful lot and that uh, 
we weren't going to be able to find a trade that would be as valuable as David at, at five. So Kent Hughes is repeating what uh, Krista Rockstrom said, that um, you can certainly trade. Um, Kent Hughes seems to allude that there was more than one trade offered for that uh, number five pick. And he said he listened to his scouts, he trusted his scouts, that uh, that pick that they got, David Reinbacker, would turn out to be more valuable uh, than any trade they could have made. Going back to Rockstrom's clip that we heard of, uh, heard where he's talking about finding a premier defenseman and that, you know, you look at Stanley Cup winning teams and each one of them has a premier defenseman. And you mentioned about the questions around whether or not is David Reinbacher a premier defenseman uh, because this is who they chose to go with at the fifth overall pick. Um, and and Rockstrom is saying he believes Reinbacher is a premier defenseman. Um, Chris asked Kent Hughes what he thinks Reinbacher's ceiling is, and this is what he had to say. And can I, just one, one follow-up question. What do you see as his uh, ceiling? As his ceiling? Probably a D2. I don't, I'm not sure he's going to run a first power play in the National Hockey League. I mean, I, I'm not big on putting numbers to, to players, be D1, D2. You know, there's a power play defenseman in the NHL. Is he your number one or is, is somebody that's, you know, shutting the play down on one end and launching the attack on the other end? So I think he has the potential to, be, uh, to log very significant minutes for our team. Kent Hughes is the most media savvy general manager the Montreal Canadiens <laughs> have ever had. And that's, and that's by a wide, wide margin. Yes, it is. But you hear him say um, a very honest opinion and said, um, Reinbacker is a D2. He's not going to run a first power play. And then in his head realizes how that sounds. And, 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 and walks it back. <laughs> and then he tries to, you know, add some color around that. Right. Uh, doesn't like numbers and and that sort of thing, and said, well, even if he's not running a first power play implied, um, he's going to log a ton of minutes for us, uh, Mm -hmm. and that can be valuable. He talks about um, it's just as valuable to shut down in the defensive zone, uh, to kill plays and turn the puck around. Uh, So he's, he's saying this is not your power play guy, but um, he has other qualities. And so that... That leaves the question of, is this really the premier defenseman that you should have gone after at at fifth overall? Um, and that question, I think, is still yet to be answered. For sure. And and it, it led me, and we talked about it a few weeks ago on the podcast, about the Canadians changing their strategy, um, getting, a, you know, instead of uh, Slavkovsky last year, getting a defenseman like a, a Juracek, a, you know, a, a more... Uh, more offensively minded uh, defenseman last year, and then going for uh, you know their their gritty forward this year in a, in a Ryan Leonard. All of those um, we're not going to know now. We're not going to know for quite a few years, uh, but have to be kept in mind when we're evaluating this draft strategy. Now, the title of this week's episode is "Sparks Fly: Winning or Stats," um, and. There's a reason for that, because not all of the debate that went on in these meetings that was revealed in this video um, went as calmly, <laughs> let's say. Um, you know, there's there's always debate between people. 
Uh, some of it is is done rather methodically or calmly, and other times uh, it can get a bit emotional. Um, and that really, they at least showed us that that came out uh, when talking about which goaltender they were going to take. And we know that the Canadians took three goaltenders in this in this um, draft, and this is not so much uh, about the second two that they took, the Quentin Millers and and so forth. This is about whether they were going to take Jacob Fowler or one of the other top-rated goaltenders who were frankly ranked higher than Jacob Fowler. Um, we're going to go back now to Billy Ryan, who Rick mentioned at the top of this segment as being one of the ones who was in the interview uh, rooms at the Combine, uh, that he is, this was his first draft with the Canadians. He is their new, uh, he's a, he's an American scout, uh, but he is their director of player evaluation. And you're going to hear from him uh, quite a bit uh, in, in this exchange um, because Billy Ryan is definitely a giant advocate for Jacob Fowler. And uh, this is, this is one of the statements that he makes about Fowler. He's never not been the top goal in the entire league. Not like, not the starter, never not been the highest save percentage in every league he's ever been in. Yeah, um, this there's two points to this. Uh, one is the Canadians were criticized heavily for coming out and saying, as I said a little earlier, um, we're all unanimous about that. And, and people rightly said there's got to be some debate. Um, so why did they show us, um, and this clip and, and others, it's to show that there was internal debate. Maybe not about Reinbacker. Maybe that got shut down quickly. Maybe they were all in agreement. Mm -hmm. But there certainly was debate about the goaltender um, position uh, because it's very important. The Canadians don't, as Kent Hughes has said, as Jeff Gorton has said, we don't have um, a, a number one goaltender in our organization. Um, and, and so uh, Billy Ryan is coming out and saying, Listen, this Fowler kid, yeah, he may not be in the rankings um, as as high, but he's won and been the top goaltender at every level he's played at. Natural question. Where's what levels he, he played at? <laughs> where's he played? Yeah. Um, so he played under 14 hockey, under 16 hockey in Florida, Florida Alliance team for a number of years. Um, you wouldn't expect there would be a lot of... High level competition, you know, it's not it it it's not Minnesota, it's not New England, um, it's not one of the places where talent is typically developed. Then he goes uh, to Connecticut um, for his under eighteen, um, and then he goes to the USHL. Not, not the NCAA. He goes to the USHL, and yes put up great numbers, had a great season for the Youngstown Phantoms, mm -hmm. and uh, had a great playoff, uh, MVP of the playoffs, and was named of the USHL Goaltender of the Year. Absolutely. And and none of that, not taking anything away from, from him for that accomplishment, um, but it just is putting it into perspective of other goaltenders that were available in the draft and the level of success they've had in their experience, which in some cases were in well, and sometimes in many cases uh, in more competitive leagues, um, which is something to take into consideration. So Marty LaPointe then 
makes it a makes it a a case to uh, there there's a there's an exchange between Marty Lapointe and Billy Ryan that we're going to highlight here, where Marty Lapointe again uh, the Canadians have had to redact the other goaltender that they're referencing in this clip. Um, but Marty Lapointe is basically going to ask Billy Ryan. So you're telling me that 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 you think Jacob Fowler should should be ranked on our list higher than this other goaltender. Um, and it's, it's a, uh, it gets quite a, it, it gets, I don't want to say heated, but it's definitely a very forceful answer. So Billy, you saying you put, you would put Fowler ahead of, yes, hundred percent. Fowler shows up every time and wins. It's, it's, it's like almost, it's crazy. No one's saying Fowler was good growing up. He was the best growing up. He's not better. He's not better than Fowler. Like if you if we're playing a game right now and I said, you, all right, I'm gonna you pick your team. Well, you're gonna be in the NHL today. We're not facing the <laughs> team today. These guys will face them at 24, 25. I know, but what I was saying is he's already he already ma- he's he's like mastered his position. The other guys haven't. They have the tools. They haven't figured out in their head how to in games. This kid does it. He's been doing it since he's like 10 years old. All right. Uh, there's a few voices in there. The first, as you said, Marty Lapointe. And um, as uh, was mentioned earlier, um, that uh, Jeff Gordon said they came out of Montreal and they had their lists. Um, and so obviously, um, in, in this discussion, uh, Fowler wasn't the top of their list, wasn't at the top of their list. And uh, Marty Lapointe says, Billy, uh, do you want to move him up? Do you want to move Fowler up uh, to the top of our list ahead of? And that's yeah. who's redacted. And that's who's redacted. Um, I think it's fair to say, uh, it's reasonable to say uh, that that name is Adam Guyane. Guyane. Um, why do we say that? Well, um, because Amy, you studied this pretty carefully and, and, we can't say this with 100% certainty, no. but, but on the other end, we're not picking names out of a hat here. You did analysis. Uh, you have extensive experience at this. Um, and and in, in analyzing frame by frame, uh, you came out with the name Adam Gayen. In, in that clip, you heard Marty LaPointe start that clip by saying, so Billy, Billy, you're saying that you would move Fowler ahead of Redacted to the top of the list. I watched that clip, just Marty LaPointe saying that at least 30 times. Um, in my background um, at university, I took an entire semester course. I, I'm a, For those of you who don't know me and what I do for my day job, I'm a voice actor, uh, formerly a video, uh, a television video, uh, excuse me, television reporter and producer for PBS, uh, but making my living for the last um, 15 years as a voice actor. In university, I took an entire semester on the basically the anatomy of speech. We spent an entire semester on the mechanics of the mouth and how it, the mouth and the jaw and the face and the musculature and how your mouth and your tongue and your teeth and your jaw actually make the sounds that come out of your mouth when you speak the way they the way they shape themselves the way your mouth moves so I have a lot of understanding of 
the way someone's just like lip readers do. I have a I have a good base of understanding of how um, the 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 bottom of your face moves when it makes certain sounds and letters and consonants and syllables. Um, in addition to that, in my voice acting, I also do dubbing, which requires someone to understand what someone else is saying by watching their mouth and their lips. So yes, this is not just pulling a name out of the, out of a hat. After watching this clip at least 30 times, if not more, no, I can't be a hundred percent certain because they have blurred, they've blurred out Marty LaPointe's mouth so that you can't read his lips. So I am, I am reading his jaw and his chin and the sides of his mouth. And from what I have deduced, the only name that fits there is him saying, so you're putting Fowler over Guyane. That's my educated guess. I could be wrong, <laughs> but that is my educated guess. And Guyane was very highly ranked in this draft. He was very, very highly ranked. Um, and he also played in the USHL. We know that the Chicago Black, he was the first goaltender off the board taken by the Chicago Blackhawks with the 35th pick. So this conversation is really, really important, really important. And that's why we're spending so much time on it, because it affected the Canadian strategy. If Guyenne was at the top of their goaltending list and they really needed a goaltender um, to put in a, a top ranked goaltender to put in the pipeline to be their future goaltender, um, they would have had to have uh, devoted resources to it. Now, we know that in order to get him at 35, or uh, that's where he went um, from Chicago, uh, they wouldn't have been able to uh, do the move uh, with Colorado to acquire Alex Newhook because they had a second first-round pick in 31. They also had an early second-round pick in 37. So if they if after these discussions they really wanted Adam Guyan, they would have had to to use one of those resources uh, to get him. Um, and and as you said, there was uh, the second goaltender taken off the board, Rabble, um, by Arizona Coyotes. His uh, the way you say his name, it, it d didn't fit. Trey Augustine taken by Detroit didn't fit. Carson Bjarnason definitely didn't fit. No. Um, so it, it goes back to the Canadians had on their list coming out of Montreal. It's, it's suspected was Adam Guyan. And because of these, um, conversations and, and the insistence by Billy Ryan, they moved Jacob Fowler, uh, up the list above Guyan. And it's a situation that reminds, uh, me of last year's, the previous year's draft, where Matt Turek, no longer, he was an OHL scout, no longer with the organization, uh, did the so-called bang the fist on, on, on the, the table for Owen Beck. Um, it's the same sort of thing that Billy Ryan is doing. Billy Ryan is, uh, the other voice you heard in there is uh, Vincent Riondo, former NHL goaltender, lots of um, scouting experience. He, he scouts uh, Russian amateur pro pro prospects. He's also um, uh, the Canadians' goaltending scout. Uh, for Billy Ryan, first draft with the Canadians coming from Florida, to essentially bang on the table and be as aggressive as he was, uh, out shouting um, the goaltending expert for the Canadians, this is, this is a big deal. This mm -hmm. must mean he really, really believes in Jacob Fowler. And what Vin 
what's unfortunate is they didn't have Vinny Riondo mic'd up for this exchange. So you don't, it's hard to hear him, but it's important that you hear what he says because as Billy Ryan is going on about, oh, well, this, you know, this kid just knows how to win and he's, he's just got the mindset and he's put all, he's put, he's put it all together. He's figured it out already. He's mastered his, he has, he says he's mastered his position already. That, I didn't like that. My goodness. Which no goaltender no. has mastered their position no. at this age. No. It's, there's just, they haven't. Um, and Vinny Riondo steps in emphatically and says, that's great that he's winning now, but we don't need him to go out and play a game right now. He's not going to play an NHL game right now. He's not going to play an NHL game until he's 22, 23, 24 years old, 24 or 25. That's when we need him to be good. And obviously, Riondo is banging the table for probably someone like Guyane, who's got the tools to do that and develop properly at that age frame, which brings us back, Rick, to how we started this segment. Vinny Riondo is banging the table for what Jeff Gorton said the vision was, was that you're looking for the best player for the long haul, not the one for right now. And when you say Vinny Riondo banging the table, he's very soft-spoken. He is. He's he's very laid back. He's not going to get into one of these uh, exchanges. Billy Ryan, 37 years old, young, fiery. Fiery, yeah. Um, Vincent Riondo, a lot of experience and, and a little bit more laid back. His words uh, make the case. And, and yes, um, I think Vinny Riondo did a good job reminding uh, people around the table Hey, wait a minute. What's our declared draft strategy? Mm-hmm. It is that we're not looking for the best player right now. We're looking for the one who has the tools. And this uh, argument was made to justify uh, Slavkovsky um, that has the tools who will be the best player over the long run. So we're looking for the the best tools. Um, and and uh, obviously, Billy Ryan, this is a complete 180 reversal of the declared draft strategy. No, we want a winner. We want some guy who's won. We want a player who's won at the limited levels that he's been in. He's going to be in the at the NCAA level. Jacob Fowler is uh, this coming season. Not guaranteed to be the number one there. Uh, we saw that he went to uh, the had an invitation to go to Team USA's uh, World Junior Camp. Um, and he's he's unlikely to be the the uh, number one at the World Juniors. Uh, Trey Augustine likely has that role. So um, one at every level um, and, and winning now and reversal and, and going against uh, you want to pick the guy with the, the best tools. Um, that's that's absolutely backwards of what the Canadians have been preaching up until now. And I will I'll throw this I'll interject this as as a completely opinion part of this. Um, I I would trust Vincent Riondo's analysis and opinion on this every day of the week. Oh, of course. Um, and so, you know, and I'm not saying that I, I, I don't have enough experience with Billy Ryan yet to, to know what I can trust of his analysis and what I can't. I do know Vincent Riondo's analysis and his abilities and his ex and his experience. Um, and the fact that he was obviously trying to stay in line with the team's vision for the draft strategy. Um, 
Billy Ryan, Billy Ryan's takeaway from all of that sounded a little bit like this. If you want to win, I'd take the winning goal. If you want to hope that the tools all come together, you can take the guys with better tools. If you want uh, to win, take a winning goalie. If you want uh, the guys with better tools, he says the guys, plural, with better tools. Um, and hope they can put it together. And and hope uh, and pray uh, that they'll uh, bring it all together. Well, that's what you're doing with, with many of these prospects is taking the, the ones with the tools and, and developing them to, to, um, to, to put all those t- tools together. But he acknowledges that there are goaltenders with better tools. Um, his his approach here is really condescending. Uh, didn't like it. Um, not to disparage anybody in this, but who's Billy Ryan? Well, um, as I said, 37 years old. Um, he came from the Florida uh, Panthers, where he's been an amateur scout since 2015, mostly scouts in, in the U.S., um, and, you know, he was a former player, mostly ECHL career. Uh, what experience does he have with goaltenders? Well, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what role that he played in that regard with Florida. We do know that that Vinny Riondo uh, was an NHL goaltender. He's been a, a, a um, goaltending coach at all levels of different organizations um, and and has been he has been an assistant GM um, he has been um, a goaltending scout. Um, so um, anyway, there is a there is a, a real dichotomy here. I think one of the the, the quote that they had from uh, Vinny Riondo, um, and it was in French. And and if if you translate it, um, his quote and and this wasn't in in the exchange. This was later when they sat down with him. He said, obviously, the fact that Kerry. Gary Price is not here changes things. That's pretty clear. The goalie is not only a player who is very important, but he takes longer to develop. Um, he's saying that we've been protect as an organization. We've been protected by having Carey Price here, and yeah, we could trifle in in trying this guy and trying that guy and trying the other guy, but but the implied message from Vinny here is we've got to get this right. We really have to get this right. We have to, we can't just pick a, you know, a seventh rounder like a Caden Primo and, and hopefully uh, he, he turns out. We got to get this right because we need a number one goaltender for this organization and it takes a while to develop him. And so um, we got to get started on it right now. I thought that was a very important point. I agree. Very important point. And it was part of the reason why in real time during the draft, I was absolutely I was outraged twice. I was outraged when, and this is nothing against Alex Newhook, but I felt they way overpaid for Alex Newhook by giving up these second round selections um, where everyone knew the run on the top goaltenders was going to happen in the second round. So trading that away, you, you are trading away the opportunity to get who could potentially be Carey's replacement, essentially finding that top goaltender um, was just it for me, that was outrageous. And I was criticized for being so, so down on that trade. And it was, it had nothing to do with Alex Newhook's abilities. It's what they paid for him. And, and Vinny Riondo's quote just now that you just read is exactly the, the illustration of that, that they do that. 
time is not a luxury they have in the goaltending position right now. Um, and they need to get it right. Um, the other time I was outraged and I don't, I outrage is probably a strong word, but where Jaw was on the floor during the draft, like you did what was when, okay, they used their third round pick to take Jacob Fowler. And in the fourth round, they used a fourth round pick to take Florian Jackeye. And I've got nothing against Florian Jackeye. It's a great story to bring the Jackeye brothers together if you select Jackeye in the sixth or seventh round. But they took him in the fourth. And interestingly enough, Nick Bobroff in, in this video uh, is shown to, um, well, describe him in a rather strong way, Rick. Yeah, he, he says that Florian Jackeye is... Uh, a unicorn, um, and he's saying we need to take this player. We need to walk away from this draft with Florian Jackeye. I know that everybody, didn't matter what scout uh, you, you talked to, said this was a huge overreach. He probably wasn't going to be taken in the draft, could have had him with a sixth or seventh round pick. Uh, nice story, um, an interesting prospect, mm-hmm. um, you know, but, but not, um, you know, he, he's, he's got the size, uh, he's got some hands, um, but, uh, you know, the, the, well, just looking at his stats here, uh, 13 goals and 12 assists in 68 games with the, the Hamilton Bulldogs last year, that wasn't going to get him drafted um, by any other team in the fourth round, but, Nick Bravrov said, not only do we need we, that the Canadians had three fourth round picks, but it needed to happen with their first fourth round pick. Uh, they took a Russian defenseman with the second one. The, the first one, Jackai, was at uh, 101. Second was uh, the Russian defenseman at uh, 110, I believe. And then they took Quentin Miller, um, another goaltender, their second goaltender, uh, with a third fourth round pick. Uh, really uh, scratching your head, you know, and I, I think this was, again, we said that the Canadians put this video together to answer criticism um, because they received a lot of criticism for, for that pick. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that helps um, no. answer it, but but I think that's why it was in this video. Well, yeah, because that was the only mention of Florian Jacki in the entire video, which was which was kind of interesting to me. Overall, I mean, the production quality on the video was very well done. For sure. Uh, Montreal, Montreal's uh, video production department does a beautiful job with their production value and production quality. Um, and really, really impressed with some of the quotes that came out, not only from players, but but uh, some some really remarkable quotes uh, that were that were revealed by staff and scouts and so on and so forth. Um, it's it's an interesting exercise to go through a piece like this. And really break it down little by little and analyze and read between the lines and, okay, let's take the context and let's figure out what they're really saying here. Um, You can just watch them for the pure entertainment value and take them at face value, and that's perfectly acceptable. Uh, It's uh, but it's it's our job as journalists to kind of lift the cover off of it and and say, okay, what's what's really what's really being said here. And I found uh, this was a. This was one production that was a, a fascinating one to pick apart. For sure. And it adds to the knowledge base uh, so that we can uh, then when we're looking at next year's draft, uh, know how these uh, scouts think, know uh, the the direction that they've been given by by management. Absolutely. All right, we are going to take our final break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Uh, up next, we're going to hear some of your replies to last week's episode and question of the week. 
uh, as well as get you caught up with everything you might have missed and introduce you to our newest Rocket Sports team members. So stay with us. You are listening to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The Rocket Sports Media team wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, log in to thn.com slash Montreal. Your year-round source for anything Habs-related. That's THN.com slash Montreal. And welcome back to episode 259 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Don't forget you can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And visit our website at canadiansconnection.fm for all of our archives in case you've missed an episode. And of course, text us anytime at the Rocket Sports text line. You can reach us at 585-3-ROCKET. That's 585-3-ROCKET. We would love to hear from you if you've got a question, a comment, some feedback, a suggestion, you name it, just reach out to 585-3-ROCKET. This week uh, from the Rocket Sports Media team across our platforms, of course, I mentioned at the beginning of the uh, show that you want to bookmark THN.com slash Montreal. That is the Hockey News Montreal team site. Uh, That is where you will find all of our Rocket Sports Media coverage this coming uh, season and all summer long. It's all your Canadians coverage all in one place uh, and uh, plenty of new articles there coming out regularly. So you want to be sure to keep an eye on that. Uh, also be sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, you can find uh, this podcast does appear on our YouTube channel a couple of days after it's released on podcast platforms, which is on Saturdays. Then on Mondays, it appears on our YouTube channel. If you prefer to 
to listen to uh, and watch your podcasts there, as well as uh, I host a weekly Canadians uh, show called Habs Hockey Report on our YouTube channel as well. Um, and so if you are not subscribed already, I really in- recommend that you do so. It's uh, some great stuff over there that you don't want to miss. You can find that uh, just search for at all Habs on YouTube or go to youtube.com slash all Habs. Hit subscribe, uh, tap the notification bell. We have a brand new channel trailer out uh, that gives you a, a, a brief look at what we do here at Rocket Sports. So oh, check, it's good too. Thank you. Check that out. Um, and of course, both of our podcasts, the pressone.fm, uh, that's the Laval Rocket and AHL centered podcast that I host uh, every Tuesday. Be sure you subscribe to that as well as the Canadians Connection podcast, which is at canadiansconnection.fm. Make sure you're subscribed to both of those. Uh, we had put the call out throughout the month of August. If you, uh, if anyone was interested in joining the team for this upcoming season and contributing in any way, uh, we want to thank everyone who submitted their applications. Uh, Rick, I know you did a number of interviews and 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 had some really great conversations. Uh, great conversations, some uh, great applicants. Uh, it was a pleasure to talk to all of the uh, Canadians fans uh, that were interested in joining us. Um, where the process is coming to a close, so if you if you are interested. Um, make sure you reach out to us on social media or go to HabsHockeyReport.com and look for the Join Our Team tab um, because we're getting our team together for the upcoming season. We're making our final cuts and we're making our final additions. And um, one of the folks that uh, stood out in in the interviews to us, uh, his name's Josh. He's from the Sudbury area. He's a, a longtime uh, Montreal Canadiens fan. Uh, he's joining us as a, a content assistant. You're going to be seeing some of his work um, coming up uh, throughout the year. Absolutely. So welcome aboard to Josh. Happy to have you on the team. Um, of course, we've mentioned it a couple of times. I just want to remind everyone the Canadians Connection question of the week. What is your confidence ranking for Montreal's front office heading into this season? We talked about how the athletics results came out from there fan survey that they put out but we want to hear directly from you how confident or not confident are you in montreal's front office for this season and uh why what's what's your reasoning for that we'd love to hear from you send us an email drop us a comment on uh, a reply on social media or send us a text at 5853 rocket and we know we've heard from from some of our our listeners um, who say uh, confidence is 100%. These guys, um, that referring to the Canadians' uh, uh, management, uh, they're professionals. They know what they're doing. They know way better than you guys do. Uh, why are you criticizing them at all? My confidence is 100% in them. Uh, and then you're reminded that, you know, uh, they're reminded that they said the same thing about Marc Bergevin and, and Pierre Gauthier. Oh, yeah. And it's been 30 years since a Stanley Cup. Uh, so obviously uh, things haven't, we have, we have reason uh, to critique what's going on. Absolutely. And having said that, yeah. something getting, getting back to the second segment, um, we're not fans. We're fans of, of great stories and telling great stories and telling objective, honest stories. And that's what we try to do here. And we wish uh, uh, Reinbacker well and Fowler and Jacki and Newhook. And, and we hope that they are the right additions uh, to this team. We just want to 
kind of dissect uh, the, the criteria and the, the justifications for the, the reasons that they were mm-hmm. uh, chosen. And that's what we were talking about in the second segment. Absolutely. Uh, we did hear from some of you after last week's uh, episode about the Habs-Leafs Habs rivalry, which we did mention uh, back in the first segment when we talked about the fact that that podcast even made some made some news articles this week. Um, and Rick, you've uh, you've got quite an array of, of feedback from, from some of our listeners and viewers. So generally, um, the reaction to Michael Trakos, a longtime Leafs reporter, suggesting that the, the Canadians would have to give up a Caulfield, a Gooley, a, a, a player of that stature to get uh, William Nylander. I think we there was text that just said no. That's all they said was no, no, Uh, no, thanks. Um, So I tried to pick comments that went a little bit differently and and talking about the the Habs Leafs rivalry. uh, Terry W uh, on Facebook said this season, the Habs will rule the Leafs. Um, All right. Uh, It's always it's always fun when when they get together. And and that was kind of the sentiment uh, from Peter uh, from Westmount. Uh, said Leafs and Bruins are the Habs' two biggest rivals and always will be. There's always a little extra buzz in the Bell Center when they meet. Hmm. And uh, I can concur with that. Yeah. Uh, on YouTube, Mark C said, Listen, I love this podcast. I can't get enough of Habs content. Exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation <laughs> mark. And, and a big thank you from Mark. So thank you, Mark. We enjoy bringing it to you. Absolutely. And uh, again, if you have something you'd like to say, if you've got a comment or some feedback or reply, just shoot us a text at 585-3ROCKET. Maybe you'll hear your reply on next week's show. Uh, And speaking of next week's show, that will come next Saturday, September 9th. Michael Spinella will be back in the house, folks. This is my uh, this is my last round of sit-ins for for Mr. Spinella. Uh, so well, I'm, you've done a great job. Well, thank uh, you, and so will Michael when he's back. Yes, I'm sure that everyone will be very pleased to hear that Michael Spinella will be back next week. Um, and uh, don't forget, you can still catch me at thepresszone.fm every Tuesday, the, our podcast over there, or on our YouTube channel every Thursday for Habs Hockey Report. Tremendous. Thank you so much for having me here these last few weeks. It's been a blast. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Share it on social media. And come back again next Saturday for another fun edition of the Canadians Connection podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Rocket Sports.